Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. I guess you guys can probably guess that uh, Kate's not here for a certain reason. The baby's here. As of yesterday, what time was it? 404, Daniel. So, as you can imagine, they don't, they don't want to be here today. <laughs> but we got Pastor Papa bringing us the word. Who's excited about that? For those of you who don't know, uh, Pastor Papa started No Limits Church back when it was Abiding Word Fellowship Church. And uh, it may have changed a little bit over the years, but it's still the same at the core. We're just really thankful to have him and my mom here. Can we just take a second to honor them? For all that they've sacrificed, and we just love them so much. It's going to be a good word. Well, go ahead, take it over now. All right. Can you hear me? Am I working? Check, check, one, two. One, two, three. No? It's on. Can you hear me now? A little bit? Ryan's going back there. No, it doesn't take a whole lot to hear me. Right? Huh? Doesn't take a whole lot, does it? Years ago, uh, like Kate was saying, we actually, uh, while they're working on that mic, we, there it is! Woo! Boy, you can hear me now. Some of you gotten real excited about it, and some of you haven't. <laughs> Years ago, we actually started, those of you who don't know, we actually started right down 76th Street uh, at 129th East Avenue. There's a, there's a strip center right there on the northwest side of the road. Matt Bornia was our landlord. He just was a great guy, man, he, he, and he still is, of course. Uh, but that's where we started, and then we actually moved to Collinsville, and then we actually moved right across the tracks uh, next to the old bank, which used to be the old grocery store. Uh, what was the name of that? Well, at the pawn shop, the pawn shop and the grocery, the pawn shop after the grocery store. I guess the grocery store used to be the whole building. Anybody remember that? Yeah, some of you remember that. Several years ago, right? Well, that's where we moved to, and I had a sign out front uh, where Smokes is now. They tore the building down. We had a sign out front that I just invited everybody into the church. I mean, everybody that I could possibly think of, I put it on the sign. I mean, everybody. And we got a lot of flack off that sign. And one time, David, you want to come up here and tell that story? Huh? Some guy was like pulled up and he said, Hey, you come here. And I walked up and he started just screaming at me for being. My buddy was in Vietnam and he was, the, he was gay and he was the most righteous man there. And I was just like, Whatever. And I just turned around and walked away. But he was like, So, so David, got, David got the wrath brought down on him, is what he was saying. Most of you probably couldn't hear him, but, but he got, you got the wrath beat down on you that day because of my sign. He didn't read it. He just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I invited the homosexuals and I, everybody that I could think of. I invited in the church, and that's exactly who came. 
exactly. It was the church was full of, of people that uh, weren't the most desirable people, and some of y'all were there too. Some of y'all are a little more <laughs> desirable than others. But we 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 had a, a church full of you know the undesirables, which is really what church is about. We're not supposed to be going to church because uh, we're not supposed to have a country club mentality. Uh, church is not a country club, folks. Uh, church is not here to make you happy either. Cade doesn't stand up here to make you happy. Cade stands up here to be challenging you. Do you know how difficult it is? Does anybody in here have kids in the ministry? One? Then you probably know what I'm talking about, how difficult it is to watch kid, watch your own kids in ministry and people try to destroy them because they're in ministry. Listen, y'all. Anybody in ministry is trying to help you, not hurt you. And it's very difficult to watch your kids have to grow up in ministry because ministry is one of the most difficult things, one of the most difficult jobs, if you want to say that, if you want to call it that, one of the most difficult jobs to go to or go into because people will criticize you the most out of anything else. And so you have to be prepared to do that, to go into ministry yourself. You've got to realize if you're going to go into ministry yourself and you're thinking, I want to be a full-time minister, if you're getting ready to do that, you better get ready to be criticized. Can I get an amen? Because the more that you attack the devil, the more that you're going to be criticized. Because the name of this title today is Even the Devil Goes to Church. Now, that... Maybe Mason shouldn't put that online because I'm probably going to get some feedback off that, but I really don't care because I don't have to stand up here very much. Amen? (laughs) Because even the devil likes to come to church. And some of you are saying, well, what are you saying, Mark? The devil likes to come to church. He'll come to church through people's attitudes. Yes, he will. He'll come to church through people's attitudes because if you have a sorry attitude in church, you're not living... Christ-like. You're not living the godly manner. Amen? If you're criticizing people on how, how they worship or if you're criticizing people that they're not as good as you, of a Christian as you are, that is not godly, folks. Am I right? I'm still here, right? It's not godly. So we're going to go to Matthew. We're going to kind of try and leave off where, where Cade left off. Yeah, Cade's got his fifth at home now. They actually beat us. We had four, so Cade has broke the mold. Cade and Beth have broke the mold. Where are you guys going on this? Huh? Pearl, where are you going on this? You, you have got to get started, girl. Your dad is getting old. You've got to get started. Amen. That was our ten, this is our tenth. We've got ten grandchildren now. Mark 16, are you there? You're not going to make me take that mic, are you? Did I just destroy this one? Oh, man. Take this, I'm going to look at it. Check, check. Check, check. All right, I'll just take this. Okay, I just tore it up. They'll probably charge me for that. Mark 16, let's go. This is kind of, I tried to keep in the same scripture that Kate has been in, but this just, and most of you ought to know this, this scripture, because we're in it quite a bit. This is who we are today. 
Guys, if you don't realize it or not, you are a New Testament church. Old Testament was, is for us so we can see where we came from. We do not live in the Old Testament ways in the Old Testament covenant, okay? If I'm making some of you boil right now, that's okay because I'm just speaking the truth. Old Testament was given to us to see where we came from. That doesn't mean that things in the Old Testament are not good anymore. We have some good lessons in the Old Testament. There are some good scriptures in the Old Testament. But, guys, we are a New Testament church. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. I'm just kind of rounding some things up for you here so you can understand where we're going. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. Now we are a New Covenant church, right? Everybody say amen that agrees with me. Everybody doesn't agree with me, say, oh, me. Because you're sitting here and you're going to hear it. Won't take long. You'll be all right. You'll be all right once you leave here, right? Here we go. Still later. Now, this is just after. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and, and just kind of back up here. This is just after Jesus rose out of the grave. And, the, and the, if you read all of 16, it's really kind of funny. Because when he, when he came out of the tomb... Nobody believed it was him. He actually, it says, the Bible says that he actually appeared to some people in a different form. I don't know what that different form was, and I did a little bit of a study on that, but maybe somebody else knows what that different form, I don't think it really says, but it says he appeared in a different form to some people, but nobody, hardly anybody believed it was actually him when he came out of the grave. Now, how could that be? It was all prophesied. Look here. Even people who saw Jesus with their own eyes still doubted every now and then. So quit beating yourself up because you every now and then doubt. Because we all doubt in our lives. We all have that doubt come up. And that's what church, that's what your friends are for. That's why it's so important to have friends that believe likewise like you because you've got to have that support system, and that's what church is about, is a support system. Now, we, as for Cade, actually, and anybody else who stands up here on stage and preaches to you, we are your support system for you to go out and spread the gospel to the nations. That's what, really, we are all about, is we are not supposed to be having church in this building. We're supposed to be having church outside of this building, this church is not, this building is not the church. I've preached that for years. This church will, this building will never be the church. This is just where we meet. If something happens and we can't meet here any longer, we still better be the church. If we have to meet here to be a collective in Christ, there's a problem, right? So just remember, if something happens and we can no longer meet, which is a possibility, if we, can't, if we no longer can meet in the building, we still are the church. If you're born again, you are the church. If we are born again, if we are believers in Christ, then the church down the street, if they are the same thing, they are still the church. They are the church just like we are, right? So we don't need to be talking bad about another church down the street because we're of the same family. How many of you have ever been in a family where you go and you start talking about somebody else in the family when you're not with them? <laughs> Nobody. 
Same thing. Gossip is a killer. Gossip is a killer, right? Okay, so he just arose out of the grave and says, Still later he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief. The disciples. What is up with that? He had to rebuke them for their unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. All right, go on. And then he told them, here's what's called what? The Great Commission. What does commission mean? Somebody just shout it out to me. What does the word commission mean? Huh? That means this is what you're sent to do, right? This is a great commission. We are, we are commissioning you to go out. We are, you are making a commitment really to go out and get ready to do what he's just getting ready to tell us to do. This wasn't just for the 11 disciples. This is for everybody that's sitting here in the room and everybody down the street at the other church. Amen? He said, go into all the world and preach the good news. What's good news? Well, the gospel, right? How many of you can go out and preach the good news? Oh, oh, oh. Well, there's 10 of you. The good news. Go out and preach the good news to just part of Owasso. Everyone. How do you preach the good news to everyone? How do you know what the good news is? Huh? Helps if you read it. Helps if you understand what you read too. Right? Good news. Jesus is the good news. Why is Jesus the good news? He died for us. Why? All right, this is my son-in-law out here, so I can, I can grill him if I want to. So Jesus is the good news. It's what Jesus has done for us. It's what Jesus what brought in the new covenant in which you live in now. How many of you are glad that you don't live in the old covenant? Because we'd have a problem sacrificing stuff right now. I don't want to have any part of that, do you? I don't want to have, I'm glad I don't have to sacrifice stuff like that. How about you? And he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Go ahead. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Now, let's stop right there for a minute while some of you are just asking in your mind, oh, here we go with the baptism thing. There are several baptisms in the Bible. We do not have time to talk about them this morning. There are several baptisms in the Bible which we talk about in the New Testament. We really have to get down and study the baptisms really to understand this verse, but we ain't got time to do it this morning, and I would bore you guys to death. So let's just go on. He who will be baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Well, that's some pretty harsh, those are some pretty harsh words. Don't you think? If you say that to anybody now, you're going you're to offend somebody. How many, of you, how many of you realize that Jesus offended people every now and then? I got a, I got a message yesterday. And I know I haven't pastored this church for five, three, four. How long has it been, Tim? You ought to know. You've been counting the days. Huh? Three years? Four years? Kate could tell you. I, I haven't pastored this church for several years, and I still get messages. Mark, 
Kate hurt my feelings the other day. This is something that he said. And he really hurt my feelings, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get over it for a long Get over yourself. Kate is not standing up here, like I said, to make you happy. If your pastor is not challenging you, then there's something wrong. There's always something that some of us have to... Some of, Wait a minute. All of us need to grow. Every one of us in here, spiritually, and some of us physically, right? I'm talking about spiritually. Some of us need to grow. Look at here. Let's get, let's get down to the dirty, because I know some of you are just waiting on it. If you're coming to church to criticize other people because they are not as good as you, there's something wrong. If you're standing around looking at people in church saying, I wonder how come, I wonder how come Bob doesn't praise like I do. There's something wrong. I wonder how come, how come Brian is uglier than me. God just made him that way. He knows I'm just kidding. He's pretty. He knows that. Guys, there's people standing, there's people in church today criticizing people because they don't act, because they don't act the way they act. Do you think that's godly and that's going to bring the Spirit of God to move in the church? Huh? It will not. Now, in all the 30 something years that I've been in ministry, it, it just really amazes me that some of the meanest people in the world are Christians. Get up there and just preach it. Yeah. Some of the meanest people in the world because we like to criticize other people. We like to tell them what they're doing wrong. We do. It's a great pastime. We like to tell them that they're not, they may not be worshiping right. They don't speak in tongues. They do speak in tongues. They do, they do this. They do that. They don't do it the way we do it. That on and on and on and on. What do you think that's going to grow the church? You don't come to church to criticize Cade when he's sitting up. You, you come to church. You come to this church to grow. Somebody told me not too long ago, I went to church for two years and I never grew. What is the matter? Why are you going to a church for two years when you know you're not growing? Why? I'll tell you why. Because you want to sit down there and criticize what's going on in service. It's a great pastime, folks. When we have this great commission, these miraculous, or they say miraculous, so miracles are still going on, right? These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. How many of you are believers in this room? If you're a believer in the room, put your hand up. Come on now, or I'm coming after you. Yeah, come on. You're a believer? What do you believe in? Because we're getting ready to find out. Huh? These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. And they will speak with new tongues or languages. Go on. 
they will be able to handle snakes with safety. So just so all of you know, I have a box of snakes in the back that I brought in this morning. Of course, snakes, you're talking about demonic presence, you know, things like that, not actual snakes. So you're never going to see a snake in this place unless it's on the floor and came in accidentally. But still yet, snakes, we're talking about all those demonic forces out there that are keeping us from moving ahead, that are keeping us from really being what God has called us to be. Those pretty, pretty big snakes out there, right? Well, guess what? They're in the church too. They're in the church. If you are one of those complainers, the devil wants you to go to church. If you're one of those griping people, the devil wants you in church. Because you will keep that church from growing. It's a pretty, pretty, pretty easy thing there to figure out, isn't it? They will able to be able to handle snakes with safety. This, this is in the New Living Translation. That, that's all right. I didn't really even tell you. Safety. And if they drink any poisonous thing, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands... On the sick, and they will recover. Now, one of the things that we really have gotten off on in the past several years is we think that we have to have a we think that we have to say the most the, the greatest prayer over somebody before they'll get healed. Now I know we're supposed to pray for the sick, right? Bible tells us to do that. But it also says that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It doesn't say that we're going to pray for 30 minutes and then lay hands on the sick and then they're going to recover. It says that we're going to lay hands on the sick and they might recover. We're either going to take this seriously or we're just going to keep on going like we're going. You're either going to take seriously what God has called you to do I'm either going to have to take it seriously or we're just going to keep on going the way we're going. It says we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now some of us have been fighting doubt in this a long, long time and it's mainly because of the way that we were taught. I was raised in a, in a really legalistic Denomination, not all denominations I'm saying are legalistic, but I was raised in a, little, a real legalistic denomination and it preached completely against any of this. And so I came into a non-denominational church, actually it was Church on the Move first, and all this stuff was going on in Church on the Move and I was going, oh my goodness, what is that about? First time I saw Willie George speak in tongues, I thought, oh my gosh, a man will actually do that. A man can actually pray in the Spirit. A man can actually speak in tongues and it impressed me so much. That's when I started looking myself. Guys, show that you are the man that God has called you to be by taking everything that God has for you. Don't do it because somebody's griping and moaning at you to do it. Do it because you want to. Everybody say, I got the want to. I got the want to to do the things that God has called me to do. Because I ain't got time to do anything else. How many of you realize the older you get, the faster things go? How about you? You realize that now? You think, you think the older I get, the faster things, it just, everything just gets faster and faster and faster. I mean, my kids, the kids now, you know, they're going, oh, well, no. 
Do you realize how many grandkids Kate and Beth are going to have? They could have like 75 grandkids. <laughs> They're not even thinking that right now. They're just trying to get a night's sleep. <laughs> Guaranteed. But before they know it, Jody, they'll start having grandchildren. And they'll say, just like Gene and I do, where did the time go? I mean, right now we can't even remember March. Anybody else in here? Where did March go? Anyway. So when the Lord Jesus had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the right place of honor at God's right hand. So where is Jesus right now? Where is he right now? Sitting at the right hand of the Father. Just watching and waiting for us to do what he's called us to do. I mean... We have a great commission. I, I think I've told this story before, but several of you haven't heard it. Gene and I were in the Philippines one time, and we went into this house. We had just gotten off the airplane. It's, it's like 17 hours over there total. And we had just gotten off the airplane, and they hauled us over to a house. It was about, about 110 degrees in the house. And there was a whole group of people, and they were all Catholic. And they saw us, two Americans, come in the room, and... One of them was so sick she could barely stand up. They said, would you please pray for our mother? This is a room of Catholics. And so we all got around in a circle and we began to pray and that woman fell out on the floor like this. They said, you killed her. She's dead. I could see it. You know, they were in their own language. They thought we had killed her. I was going to blame it on Gina if we did. <laughs> At least I could have come back home, maybe. She had fallen out, and as I was watching her, still praying over her, laying hands on her, something came out of her mouth and crawled right down the floor. Like a, like a, like a huge worm. Came right out of her mouth. She opened her mouth and it crawled across the floor. See, these little demons, they are so little and so dinky and so wimpy. And we give them such a big name. And they are so wussy that all you do is speak the name of Jesus and they have to go. Now, in all the years back when we started this church, I have watched, I'm telling you guys, I have watched the devil try to take this church so many times. Some of you are going, what are you talking about? Some of you never see this stuff. I have seen the devil try to take this church so many times. I had somebody walk in years ago and told me, if you would just let me get up on, your, get up on the pulpit... First time they'd ever been in church. If you would just let me get up on the pulpit, I could straighten this church out in at least two weeks. I said, well, here's what you do. You go here for a long time, get to know all the people, show how much you love them, give, serve, love on the people for a while, and then we'll see what you have to say. How do you think that went over? She never came back. Never came back. Made it one Sunday. Was going to straighten us out. 
I was working behind the church one day. Somebody had given us scrap metal. I don't know if you remember. We, we actually built the church off scrap metal in the Philippines. <laughs> How many of you remember that? We actually built the church with scrap metal. So I was in the back of the church, and I was the owner of the building over here had given me all this scrap metal. He goes, Mark, you can just go over any time you want to, and you can just have it. So, you know, I've worked myself for over 35 years, so I could take off a day, and I went over there, and I was scrapping metal, and here come this guy pulling up in a truck, and he jumped out of the truck, and he was, uh, oh, my goodness, he was bigger than anybody in here. And he come rolling over to me, and he said, I don't know what you think you're doing, but you're stealing from God, and you've been doing it for a long time. I'm going, but, but all I'm doing is scrapping metal. He said, I know you're stealing that metal from the owner, and I'm telling you right now, you've been doing this for a long time, and you're just getting money off God like he was just going on and cussing me out. And I said, man, I hate to tell you this, but I don't even take a salary here. He said, what? I said, I don't even take a salary, which we did in the, in the, in the early days. We couldn't, so I didn't even take a salary. He said, what? I said, I'm sorry, but I don't even take a salary. I don't, I don't have any idea what you're trying to say to me. I said, but you're way out of line. I thought I was going to get beat. I thought he was going to beat the pudding out of me right there. He got in his truck and left. You see, the devil may not walk in the door. You may not see a guy with horns sitting on the back seat. But the devil works through those who have just a bitterness and a hatred for the church, and yet they will still come. I have seen the devil take this church, try to take this church for a long time. A long time. I know I've already said that, but I'm going to tell you that again. And I'm going to tell you right now, as founder of this church, I will not let the devil take this church. I'm telling you right now. If you're coming here and you're trying to mess the church up by criticizing other people and telling things to other people, going out to the church, going outside this church building and saying things to other people about how bad we are, about how crazy we are, about how you're going to stop it today. This is the end. I'm casting the devil out of this place right now. I'm sorry if I'm offending some of you. But I'm, the devil is leaving this place right now because we are, we are at the verge of growing so strongly in this place. Maybe not, I don't know how many people we're talking about, but I'm talking spiritually here, folks. And the devil is trying to stop us and he's trying to do everything he can. And it's not going to happen. This church is going to grow, it's going to spiritually grow, and then it will physically grow after it spiritually grows. But I'm telling you right now, the devil does not have a foothold on this place, and we're going to stop right now in Jesus' name. This is the end of it. We have been called to the Great Commission. And that's exactly what this church is going to do. This is exactly what we're going to do. Now, let's finish up and let's go to Luke 10 here. Can you bring up, can you pull up Luke 10? I think it's one, maybe if you go one through 12, you can probably catch all of it. Now, the Lord now chose 70 
two other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs and all in the towns and places he planned to visit. Now, if you read before this, he sent these 70 people out, these 70 new disciples out, and they went out and started preaching the gospel. I, that, that would be like, like sending all this church out, right? Sending all the church out and then expecting a good report, right? Now we're going to find out what they said. These were his instructions. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. So not everybody wants to go out into the field. Every time I tell somebody, it's generally 95 degrees over in the Philippines, they go, well, that's probably it for me. Because most of us don't like, yes, how much percent humidity? 95 degrees and 95% humidity. You've been there. Yes. God's never going to send you to an easy place. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen because you have to grow some character. The first time I went to the Philippines, I cried and whined and bawled and missed Gina and laid on the floor and I treated the gal mad that took me over there. and I mean, treated her bad. She's like 70 years old and I treated her, I treated her so bad. I was so ignorant. Cried, bald, just, just, I mean, and that was back when you could hardly make a phone call to the U.S. And I was just, oh boy, it was bad. I was in, my, my uh, attitude was horrible. What character came from that? I could never stay away. I've been probably 15 times now. Couldn't stay away because God was doing a work on me. He was doing a work on me. He was doing a work in me. How many of you in here, God's doing a work on you right now? I mean, He's doing a work on you. Some things we got to let go, don't we, Greg? Some things we got to let go in order to grow. Let go and let's grow. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> let go and let's grow. Let's start growing, folks. Let's quit feeling sorry for ourselves. Oh, we got to finish up here. Now, he said, go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, not a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Do you ever notice that when you try and get, when you start getting around people that really you're not called to, and you really don't, you really need to stay away from them, how they will keep you from doing what you've been called to do? So there are always going to be those people out there that you need to steer away from. Yeah, but Mark, we've been called to the whole world. We've been called, yeah, we have been called to all the world, but there are several of us that will reach other people. Amen? Not all of us can reach the same people. Not all, I cannot reach the same people Talon can. I can't reach the same people David can. I can't reach the same people Amy can. But that's why we're all a collective and we're here to do what God has called us to do. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. Anybody ever done that? Really? Really? You go in there and say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. How many of you realize that everybody that you go out and you try to preach the gospel to is not going to agree with you? How many of you have felt bad before that you could not reach somebody? 
Yeah, stop it right now. Because not everybody is going to listen to what you have to say. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. Well, it's, you know, I've been places and they give us bread. What did they, what did they give us? Bread and fruit? Coconut milk. Everybody okay with coconut milk? Right out of the coconut, right? With a straw in it. Whatever they could afford, they gave us. And we would go like eight different places a day and we had to eat at all eight places. So you're, you're drinking coconut all stinking day long. How many of you know what coconut does to your digestive system? <laughs> if you don't know, go ahead and try it. But it was their hospitality, folks. That's what they had. So we would always try and eat something everywhere we went. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, here we go, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you into its streets and say, we wipe even the dust off our own town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. It's another one of them harsh things right here. That's another thing that we need to realize that not everybody is going to listen to the Word of God. Not everybody is going to hear everything you have to say. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. Go ahead, I think we're almost done here. I assure you, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on judgment day. We'll just stop right there. Well, that's some pretty harsh stuff right there, isn't it, folks? But know that everywhere you go, not everybody is going to agree with you. I don't know how many times I've been told, I just don't agree with you on this. You know, that's okay because that's what challenges us. That challenges us, that challenges us to study, that challenges us to read, that challenges us to really find out. Before we ever say anything to anybody, we have to know what we're talking about. And in order to spread the good news, guess what, folks? We got to know what the good news is. And the good news is Jesus Christ, but the fact that Jesus Christ has saved us, we need to be going out and telling other people. Now, if we don't know how to do those things, we can't do it. We can try and try and try and try, and we make people mad at us. Christians are real good at making people mad. We have turned more people against the church in the past two years. Don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. We all have gotten so stinking political. We have to say it to somebody. And so we get on Facebook or Twitter or whatever you're on and you say it. And everybody gets mad. We can't keep our mouths shut when we need to keep them shut. Oh, that's a huge lesson to learn. Some of you are getting kind of uncomfortable. That's a huge lesson to learn when not to say something that you should be or not to say something when you shouldn't be. Has anybody been there? That you wish you hadn't have said anything when you did. 
Is it just me? I mean, Gina will tell you, I do this quite often. Still. Still. So God's still working on me. Amen. I must be the only one in here God's still working on. No? Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. (laughs) And the other sir in the back. Are you sitting on Dylan's lap? Uh, Looks like he's sitting on Dylan's lap back there. (laughs) We have all been called to this. Right here. But we have to understand what we've been called to. The three things that we all need to remember. We have been called to love. We have been called to serve. And we have been called to give. That is Christianity in a nutshell. When we do those three things, we will reach people. When we try to show, when we try to... to um, show our hatred through our words and show everybody that we're a little better than they are, we're not going to reach anybody. We're not going to reach anybody. But when we really understand how to love people exactly where they are today, I'm not talking about agreeing with them on everything they do. When we really truly had to understand how to love people and still disagree at times, and still love them, that's when the church will grow. Lastly, we're all waiting for the moment that Jesus comes back for his church. I mean, we all think about it all, I do, I think about it all the time. When is this going to happen? We already thought it was going to happen in 2000. We thought it was going to happen in 1982. We thought it was going to... Listen... Do you know what what really starts the comeback of Jesus Christ for his church? Does anybody know? It's up to us. The Bible says when we reach the entire world with the gospel, and not any time sooner, is when Jesus will come back for his church. So if you're constantly wondering when Jesus is coming back, I'm going to ask you today, what are you doing? Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.